Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Hello and welcome to another Countryside Podcast here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. And interesting diversification for, for Chrissy Cannell. Um, you spoke to her, Kiri, a bit of trepidation or, or enthusiasm? She's a lot of enthusiasm, but coming from the community farm, she wants to take up the reins and, and learn some of the knowledge from her father, John, at Balakanan. And I think it's a great move. Yeah, because it must be a bit of contrast dealing with the public uh, and everything, keeping that community farm uh, in order. And then the sort of different responsibility of, um, I suppose, if I put not not sort of ruining things that have, have been you know brought onto a farm over many years that's it the the knowledge that that can be passed down while while john's still still up and fit and running and and yeah it's priceless that information and you know it's it gets passed on again from chrissy onto her family possibly in the future and i think yeah great idea yeah and also um fishing uh, i know you're not a big fisher woman, are you? No, I sound like one a lot of the time, but <laughs> <laughs> no, hopeless. But the new app will certainly help the anglers in the, the fishing associations. Yeah, and the new app, which of course is available uh, for people who don't know what apps are, they're applications, it's sure, for which go on, on phones because everyone just about everybody has got a mobile phone and this will suit any type of phone and what it can do is not just take the pictures like you can of the fish you know before you put them back or whatever you're doing with them or the biggest one you've caught or something like that but you can also with this app put information on about the location of where you caught them the size of the fish the type the weather information Ah. which also is important and how many maybe you caught or have seen in that area but that information is confidential you know it only goes to to the defa for for data which can only help um the the things in the future can't it it keeps the stocks right and it can improve in certain areas where there might not be as many fish or the different breeds that you need to to improve but yeah, I think it's a great idea mm. and you uh, were also a guest uh, at the National Farmers Union evening where they had a, a special speaker yeah raising awareness on these farms for health and safety it seems to be a big push nowadays and especially with so many big machinery and, and tall sheds and things it's vital that we keep the younger generations informed of these issues yeah and uh, the guest speaker she's uh, Got a, a lot of experience uh, by the sound of it and by a title. This is it. Um, it's a very important role, obviously, within agriculture, but uh, Stephanie has a lot of information for us and uh, hopefully we'll take it on board. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. <laughs> well, we're in the flow, so to speak, of the river fishing season and the reservoir fishing season here on the Isle of Man. And there's been some new technology to help the not just the anglers with their catches and uh, finding out where they caught fish and how big they were. It also helps the Isle of Man government, as the Inland Fisheries Manager Jan Gledhill told me. It's an application that can be used on a smartphone or an iPad or something like that. And, and what it's, it's enabling the anglers to do is to, is to record their catches which is good for the angler. Lots of anglers like to take photographs on their smartphones already to record the fish that they've caught. 
but it's got the added benefit that it's going to provide us with information about what fish are being caught and where and the, and the size of fish, which from a management point of view, especially for managing the, the rivers um, and the fisheries within the rivers, it's really valuable information. Are this available on, on all types of the modern phones? Is it? Yes, it's available on, on Android and on, and, and on Apple as well. It will work on, on both phones, so you can download it from, from either of those main stores. And it's free, which is a great thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that will encourage a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, how has it been taken by the anglers? We're starting to get more people using Using it. We've had some, you know, some of our very keen anglers have been using it um, more and more, and we've had some very good feedback from them as well, and some helpful comments, which we've tried to, we've made some adjustments to it early on, and we'll continue to do that in response to, to the feedback. So at the moment where we get people asking questions, we're trying to answer those on our, um, we've got a DEFA Fisheries Facebook page, so if there's any questions that, that people have, they can, we, we can answer them there for them. So what sort of things can they put on? I mean, not just the pictures, obviously, of the fish, which lots of the, you say that there's a lot of different areas. Simple to use, though. Yeah, it's very quick to use, very quick to download, and very simple to use. And and it's really up to the up to the angle, the extent of the information that they record. Within the app, there are basic fields that that you need to fill in, and that's just the river that it was caught in or the reservoir, if it's a reservoir fish, the species of fish, an estimate of the length. We don't expect anglers to go and measure every single fish to the nearest A lot of them will. A lot of them will, which is great, but a lot of people then, if they're returning a fish, most anglers would have some way in their equipment or maybe their hand span of estimating the length of the fish, and then they'll they'll put that back and that's, that's good enough. So um, really what we're looking for is is the real information that used to be on the paper catch return form, or still is on the paper catch return form, about the species and the length and where it was caught and the date that it was caught and whether it's returned or not. That's the important information for us. But then um, the angler can upload a photo, um, they can record more information about the type of um, angling that they were using, whether using fly or spinning rod. Um, they can put any other information they want in the sort of additional information box. They could some anglers are sometimes interested in the weather that it was like so it's up to them what they record so it, it's good for them it's good for us as well these apps though they can be used in in other areas i suppose too can they they can yes i mean the, the eco saucer app that we're using is actually designed by a local company um fuzzy logic solutions and that the main purpose of the app is to gather information from the general public on environment environmental things so it could theoretically be used to gather information about where people have seen wildflowers or bees or, or anything within that app there are different campaigns and so we've got this fisheries campaign you just click on that and, and it takes you through to the manx fisheries uh, inland fisheries app but it's it's yeah it's a lot of potential there for other use as well is there a, a worry from some of the anglers though that they'll put down that they caught um, five big 20 pound trout in a certain area would they be reluctant to put it on thinking that other anglers could get there and they could swamp the place at their best spot? Yeah, I mean, it certainly would be a concern if, if that was the case. But as it is, the only information that, that goes on there is, is the information that they put on. So to begin with, DEFA fisheries can only see the information that they put on, but no other anglers can see that information. So the, the information that they add is only visible to them and to DEFA, and we only have information about their location 
in what they put on. So if they just put the river do, that's that's all we know. So it, it's they're protected from that point of view. Are you and the anglers uh, quite pleased with the way it's been received so far? I'm pleased with it with mm. how it's been received, and just really encourage more people to use it. You know, we've got we've got a number of anglers using it at the moment, and we'd like to see more. It's early days yet, so uh, and we're very happy to receive feedback as well. The inland fisheries manager Jan Gladhill talking about uh, the new app for the fishing and it's uh, nice that they've got a little bit of technology I suppose to play with but you know I suppose some of them go out there for the fishing maybe to get away from it all but certainly if it if it helps them plan the the stocking and everything off the off the Isle of Man reservoirs and rivers it's a wonderful thing isn't it it's a great tool to yeah like you say to stock the rivers and and hopefully increase some of the numbers in certain areas where there might not be as many fish that you know or different types of fish that they need to have there yeah because sometimes um sort of mentioned about there with this particularly with the salmon um you know where they come up you know come up the climb up the river don't they and uh, sometimes there may be some inaccessible places but sometimes they may think oh there hasn't been any salmon or anything there what's been happening and sometimes there can be landslides where you know they, they can't get up it's too high That's or it. things like that so i suppose it, the... it's useful that and plus uh, the great thing about it is that people can't see all the information on it. so if you go out and think oh this is a good spot for fishing you can put your information on the on the app thing and it all goes to the government but nobody else can do it you can still share your, your pictures off them with facebook's ones that are that big <laughs> you can see my arm. but uh, it's nice and uh, i must admit i did do a little bit of fishing uh, when i was younger but uh, i haven't got the time now but it's something quite like to take up again lots of young people are involved with fishing and and they, they take it up as a hobby and they're out most saturdays and it's, it's a great thing especially with modern technology it could keep younger people encouraged yeah have you uh, had a stab at it yourself no I've, i'm hopeless no. at fishing i've never really caught anything but um i do admire the people who have the patience that go out and you know do it in all weathers they certainly do i did get a, a hooking my finger once uh, while I was doing the fish but they're only little small hooks so uh, it's it's worse on the boat when you're out in the the sea fishing because when you get tangled up in there it's a bit restrictive but uh, (laughs) uh, you know I suppose uh, health and safety get involved in it now but you had a thing uh, an event that um, that involved uh, safety weren't you? Yeah, health and safety seems to be quite an important thing now with farming and, and Fabble Farm Assurance. It has to be all above board. And I went along to an event organised by the NFU Mutual, raising awareness of staying safe on the Manx farms. And I spoke to guest speaker Stephanie Barkley. So, Stephanie, farming has the poorest safety record out of all the jobs in the UK. Is this correct? Unfortunately, it is correct. And it doesn't have seem to have changed over the last you know five or six years. You're six times more likely to be killed on a farm than you are on a construction site. That's a really, really high number. Yeah, it's unacceptable, it really is. And that's just for the volume of people in the industry compared to the construction industry. Obviously, they're very, very different. Your construction site is usually contained. You know, you're legally bound to have a foreman. Mm -hmm. It's not the case in farming. People are challenged more than they have been over the years. And also, I mean, your site could be hundreds of acres, you know, (laughs) so it's not contained. And you don't live on a construction site, you live on the farm. So there are lots of different reasons, but still not something that we're looking to address and it's something we're trying to get the next generation of farmers to really start to bring in as good practice. So the NFU Mutual has organised this foundation. Is this is this something you've been part of for a while now? Yes, it is. I've been part of it since um, year two. It was established in 2014 as an independent charity. 
the NFU Mutual decided that it was really important that they start to support the next generation of farmers as a mutual insurance company. It's something that's part and parcel of who they are as an organisation. So they thought they'd put their money where their mouth is and really just establish a, a charity to go out there independently and to engage with those young farmers, to give them training, to give them support, to raise awareness of farm safety and to get them to challenge what they're doing and to change their behaviours going forward. So these are young people coming into the industry. Eve, look for the younger what age group is it, 18? It's actually 16 to 40, which is a European definition of young farmer. And I know you, a young farmer nowadays could be 75 years old, really, you know. This is it. Given the fact that you're a farmer for life. But yeah. these are the next generation that are members of their young farmers clubs that are going to do it as a career through their colleges or that are pursuing a vocational route into the industry that are just learning from their parents. Just means that we're there and we're giving them the training, we're giving them the knowledge that they can confidently challenge and look for hazards before they happen. So you're looking for machinery or livestock or is it just everyday endangers around the farm? Well we usually cover there's eight main themes. They are livestock which brings in crushes and it brings in slurry. We have machinery that are PTO that are telehandlers and with even uh, chainsaws, we look at overhead power lines. There are a lot of different, we give each college that decides to do the training, we give them eight choices. So we give them a list of eight scenarios. They choose the four that are most relevant to their students in that area. It just means that the course is translatable from Scotland right down to Cornwall, from wow. obviously from the Isle of Man yeah. over to Northern Ireland as well. So we're covering the whole of the UK with this. We've done 19 colleges in a year really for about 1,500 students. We have another 11 on the list to do before the end of the year. And I've unfortunately got 12 on a reserve list that I simply just don't have the resources to do yet. But I really want to be in the position that I'm not saying no to anybody. And do you find that the machinery is getting so big now and you know, there's so much horsepower, livestock, or maybe you're a one-man band and you know, you're on your own working with it. Is it just the way that agriculture is developed that it's, you know, it's a little bit more dangerous now? or I think the dangers... I've always been there. No, right. The challenges that the industry face, because I'm sure farms that maybe had six, seven people on them years ago, maybe only have one or two yeah. now. So they're working longer hours. Yeah. They've less resources. They've less people to help them. They're not getting the money that they should be getting for what they're producing. You know, so there are those challenges there. And these people are probably at the back of their mind knowing all of this being tired, being strained yeah. and stressed. And the beauty of young farmers clubs are that that support network is there. The yeah. people that they make friends with at club level are people that are going to be friends with them for life. And they're the people that will be able to support them through the good and the bad as well. So we're trying to make sure that they know that maybe the machinery that's coming out now with good safety features yeah. They might be able to afford that for another six or seven <laughs> years because they're using the stuff that maybe doesn't have a PTO cutoff button at the back mm -hmm. so that they know what to do with the machinery that they're given and how to make that as, as safe as possible. So you're going into colleges and, and doing courses. Is this something you'd like to do on the Isle of Man? Absolutely. I've already spoken to the Manx Young Farmers Club who were first off <laughs> up, to the, up to meet me after the talk today. And yeah, I will be delighted to support them because it's what we're set up to do. Yeah and they're keen to have this. There is an appetite out there. Young farmers are talking about farm safety now. They're talking about risks. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. they're still taking risks. 
That's something we just need to start to address. We need to stigmatise it. It's not cool. It's not mm. a badge of honour to have four fingers on one hand. You know, I come from a background where I'm from Donegal in Ireland, where most of my friends were either farmers or fishermen. Uh-huh, yeah. And they're equally dangerous occupations. So I know families who have lost loved mm. ones. I know families who have been affected by accidents at work. And it's just, it's not something that... I'm willing to laugh off anymore. I want to do something about it. But you're having great success, so this is your, your second year, and already the figures seem to be coming down. Well, yes, I can't, on, I mean, I can't honestly say that it's anything to do with what we're doing. And hopefully they're not, getting, they're not getting worse. No, no. And I don't want them to get worse. I mean, I sit and I look at the, the claims that NFU Mutual have and the number of employers' liability claims that they have, and they seem to be showing a good progression in terms of the health and safety executive end of year, the fatalities, and and I hate calling them statistics because these are people's families. These are real people, you know, they're not just statistics. You know, they're farmers and their communities and their families that have been affected by this. So I want to get to the point where there aren't any, you know, accidents that, so then they don't need someone like this, and I just need to go and find a new job. (laughs) But it's a great title that you've got on your work and, the Farm Safety Foundation, who will fill your boots? You know, it's it hits home straight away. Yeah, I mean, it's not just about the farmers that we're targeting. These young farmers are invincible, as I was at their age. You know, <laughs> but it's thinking about their families, their friends, the people that would be affected if they were to see the accident happening, to have to deal with it in the aftermath and support them for the rest of their lives if they have a life-changing accident. So... The beauty of this is that we're talking about everybody that would be affected. And, you know, you know, it's hard to fill somebody's boots. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get them to think about not just themselves, but everybody else around them. Farm Safety Foundation consultant Stephanie Barclay. Sounded a very interesting evening, Kerry. Yeah, it's very important nowadays, isn't it? with all the, the big machinery that's around these farms and and big tall buildings and sheds and all the rest of it. Yeah, it's uh, keep, keeping the awareness there and, and for the younger generations in particular. I must admit some of the tractors and things seem a, a little bit more roadworthy than they used to be. <laughs> this is it, more doors and <laughs> cabs north, nowadays. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose um, with me being a couple of years older than you, uh, I remember the days when the when the... When the law came in uh, about, you know, because our oh, tractors never had cabs no, on, on them, and they, they had to be fitted with the rollover protection uh-huh. bars on them to yeah. start with. But then, of course, it, it seemed a pointless thing at the time because there was no seatbelts in them. So, but you know, it, it was a it was a proven thing that it it helped. So uh, uh, things have gone. I'm glad to say a, a long way. Uh, yeah, since the early days, but uh, some will argue that you know you you. you you know, you never went near belts on elevators and things because you knew you could. So that's it, and um, the speeds that some of these tractors are, are putting out now, your PTO, the power of these machines is unbelievable. So it's so vital to have the guards in place now, and you never know who wanders onto the farms either. And a lot of the time, you know, you might be busy doing something else, and your back's turned, and yeah, mm, something yeah, so unaware. Got to be very careful. <laughs> Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Also, uh, you've been talking to 
Chrissy Cannell, who last time I spoke to was in one of the concerts at uh, Kurt Michael Village uh, and also at the community farm. But uh, she's gone for a bit of a change, has she? Yes, yeah, she's gone back to her roots. She's gone home to Bolacanan to take up the reins of their home farm, um, along with her father, John. So I went along to find out more. John Cannell, ready for change. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a few interest, interesting comments about that. I know he, he'd been semi-retired, I guess would be the official term, mm. for a few years before I made my announcement um, almost two years ago now that I wanted to take over the farm eventually and, and learn what I could from him. And then he's got a spring in his step. He's, he's out working most days. He's teaching me everything that he knows, his thought processes... We're making decisions together and, uh, yeah, change will come in time. You've been down to the mart, you've bought some sheep and some tops. Yeah, and a tractor and a dog. <laughs> so, yeah, small steps, in, yeah. but big life change for you, Chrissy. In the future, you obviously need to develop the yard into a more up-to-date work. And any ideas? Well, I think as a dad for many years didn't know what the future of the farm was, you know, kind of things, priorities changed, and now that... I'm back in it and we're growing the business from pretty small to hopefully something pretty cool in the in the next few years. You know, there's infrastructure and mm-hmm. equipment and more livestock and big projects that big need to happen. Yeah. So it's a challenge, but it's a good one. And it's I think it's great to be able to um, work on the land. People struggle to get into agriculture now. They, they possibly they don't own their own farms. or But to have the opportunity to come back. And you're the the first female out of a, a very long line of canals to take yeah, over. I mean, the farm goes back, Dad would say, 600 years on paper. So who knows actually how long. I've often said that there's no denying who you are or how you're bred. So you've been down the mart. You've been buying the livestock you know, have you enjoyed it so far? Oh yeah, there's so much to learn. Like you know, Dad would say that you know every day he's learning something. So after sixty odd years, he's still learning. So I've got a heck of a lot to learn. But it's great fun being able to to have the opportunity to to keep learning. And there's going to be new technology and places to go and visit with new technology to see to learn what's going on in different places over the world. So it's a good challenge. But even to learn the lay of the land, you, you know, it's a lot of the fields aren't flat. You know, there's a lot of drainage. And, and I see you've been working with Dad to try and get the, the house field sorted out. It's the best part of two years trying to get it sorted. And now it is finally. Almost, almost. But that's that's the thing about the land and working outdoors and the countryside. is It doesn't just happen overnight. And you've got to put in the legwork and the effort to get reward. And I think that's something that working at the Children's Centre's community farm taught me, I guess, is the word. Because nothing there happened quickly, and that was a whole part of the the enjoyment of of going to that farm and what other people got out of it as well. Is that it's not just about an instant fix. No. You know, things take time. It's worth putting in the effort. And this year, you've been doing a bit of ploughing as well. Well, last year I ploughed my first full field, and then Dad's just started the ploughing, and he's left me a little patch to do this year. So we'll see how that goes. Contribution. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's putting your, your swing onto things now and hopefully bringing your energy because obviously you're very enthusiastic. You've developed the community farm. You've moved on to that to now to do your home farm. It will be nice in the next five years. There'll be lots of ambition, I imagine, with you. Yeah, most of the time, although I'm sure everyone at some point suddenly thinks, oh no, what am I doing? And doubts, but if I don't, if you didn't have that, you wouldn't want to keep learning and improving and, and developing and trying new things. So You're ready for the challenge then? Most days, <laughs> even in the rain. <laughs> but you never did attend the Young Farmers Clubs at all? No, I think um, growing up with three older sisters, my mum never wanted us marrying farmers. And 
I think when I suddenly announced, hey mum, yeah, I'm going to take over the farm. I think she was a bit shocked there for a while. <laughs> it's predominantly a hill, a sheep hill farm here, but there is some idea of getting some cows. Yeah, I'd love to get some cattle this summer. Uh, just a handful to start with, because I need to to learn from dad whilst he's, he's still fit and able and can teach me what's going, you know, what how to look after them and what's going on with them. Because by the time I was starting to to pay attention to animals on the farm, um, Dad had been out of cattle for a wee while then, so I've only really had sheep, yeah. sheep to play with. So yeah, that's going to be a real learning curve for the two of you getting back into the cattle. I know, I know, but it'll be fun, I bet. <laughs> but it's the equipment and everything that comes with livestock, you know, not just sheep, but cattle, you, bigger handling systems and a, well, a lot of safety and issues now. And That's why uh, last year was the first time I went to the Royal Highland Show was a, as a farmer in training, and it was so cool seeing all the the new fancy sheep handling equipment the the cattle crushers the hydraulically driven yeah. sheep pens and all sorts of stuff like this and you know thinking for the future oh that could be good and that could be good it'd be great to have a go with that so at the minute it's a part-time job at home looking after the sheep hopefully one day it'll be full-time maybe yeah one day in the future i'm not quite sure when that'll be I'm not quite sure when dad will be ready <laughs> ready for that um but i think it's good to have something else going on in the background as well helps to bring in some extra pennies gives me a little bit more independence means me and dad on together all the time so future plans five years hopefully be back at the farm full time long term well at some point i'll be turfing mum and dad out of the house and moving into there because the farmer's got to live in the farmhouse um, often i think little, that could be a very hard task <laughs> often have a little joke about that um at some point that will happen I don't know when. It just depends how, how things go in the next few years, really. Chrissy Cannell talking about what's happening at home on the farm at Balakanan. And it'll be a strange one, in a way, with, the, I suppose, the responsibility. Although there would be quite a lot of responsibility with all the public uh, that was uh, visiting the community farm, you know. But to, to have the responsibility of having to look after the farm and under the watchful eye of, uh, of a dad, John, and I would imagine as well. That's it. But picking up the knowledge from a, a father there, you know, that's, that's priceless. And being able to have him guide her through the early years of, of the farm itself, I think it would be really great for her. And that's something that I suppose people who maybe come into farming in a later time in life that have retired or something like that, the difference between people passing knowledge Particularly of farms, you know, I always remember that the people around the north, you know, where I lived, the same people had them farms for years. Oh, yes. And they always used to talk about, oh, we never plant potatoes in that field, you know, or such and such. As we <laughs> always something it. about one field or another, wouldn't they? Well, that's it. And, and the farm itself, it probably have drier areas or wetter areas and, and some an earlier part of the farm that grows... And it's all the rotation that, that Chrissy will learn from her father, and um, it's important, you know, where all the, the the drains are and all that kind of things that are really still important to these hill farms. Yeah, I think one of the last times I was talking to her, she was on the on the digger. She was learning that about doing the drains. Goodness me! <laughs> so, I don't know how it ever ended up. <laughs> I haven't seen any water sitting on the land, so it could no. have gone that bad. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. There we are. Um, another countryside finished with uh, fishing apps, uh, safety on farms, and also uh, diversification from one type of farm uh, to another with Chrissy Cannell, wasn't it? Very much so. 
It's hard to change from a, a public farm to your own farm, but to having the freedom to progress something and, and the sense of achievement that you can get from having your own business, I think she'll really enjoy that. And it was strange, sort of growing up on our farm, you know, where a lot of, you had hundreds of sheep years ago, you know, when my dad was going. And then uh, years later where things have changed and, you know, we, we got the scramble course out of Ballagarrigan in the early 70s, you know, which... Um, was was just a a gift really in a way in its day, and, yeah. but of course everything's ran by it costs money now, doesn't it? And it does. of course we have the the um, the airsoft club and bits and various bits and pieces on the land now. So it's nice to see that it, it can get used for for other things because some of the land isn't that great near the sea. But uh, yeah, uh, still in a lot use. of different things for the future. But that's all for this week's countryside. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being Terms and conditions apply.